here. Okay, it says that I'm on. You are on and live on Anchor, Reginald Grant, Perry Barber. Welcome to my podcast. It is so exciting to have an opportunity to have a conversation with you. I read so much about you, and Arnie Castell has talked about you in glowing terms. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you've been a Major League Baseball up and up all, at all levels the past 30-something years, and you know you're supposed to be some um, hoity-toity, high-end, super intelligent, and all that kind of uh, stuff in terms of uh, the things I read and the, the videos I saw in Major League Baseball and all that kind of good stuff. So give, give us a little bit about your background. <laughs> it's all a lie. Arnie tends to exaggerate my my salient good points because uh, he's such a dear. Um, if you're talking about intelligent because I'm a Jeopardy champion, yes, that's true. Um, Hoity-toity, I don't know. There are plenty of people who are <laughs> Jeopardy champions. Uh, but yes, it's true. I am a Jeopardy champion, um, but that's probably my only intellectual claim to fame. Well, As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even a college graduate, so I kind of upended the idea that you have to have a degree to go on Jeopardy and do well. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, I, I want to clear something up. You said uh, I am a major league umpire. That's I have umpired major league baseball during spring training, and I'm very fortunate to have done so because really there are very few women in this country that have in the last uh, 30, 40 years, but I'm, I'm not a major league umpire in quotes. I I'm not on the staff. There has never been a woman yet that's umpired a regular season, major league baseball game. And that is kind of crazy, but that's my mindset. I have three daughters. So, you know, I'm uh, all about equity and inclusion and making sure that everybody has an opportunity. And of course there are many highly qualified women as well as men that can do almost anything. Well, thank you for saying that. Um, we need allies. And it's often men with daughters who are really good allies. And thank you for saying that, Reggie, because I'm with you. It is kind of ridiculous. There have not been that many women that have made the attempt to umpire Major League Baseball. Um, as of this day, there have been nine total in the entire history of Major League Baseball who have even been in minor league baseball. And two of them are working their way up right now. So uh, we have the, um, the prospect of, of uh, looking forward to seeing the two of them perhaps umpiring Major League Baseball in about four or five years. Because they were both about to start their seasons in high A ball, which means that they would then get promoted to double A and then triple A, which takes about two seasons at each level. So I'm thinking maybe five or six years and we could start to see one or both of them going up and down between AAA and the major leagues. The way that is phenomenal. But again, it's crazy that it hasn't happened before, but uh, we are in, in a new yeah. space in the world and hopefully we'll move forward as we move out of this pandemic into more inclusion and that people can be valued for who they are, what they bring to the table. Well, that's that's true, and I think that it would be such a good thing for uh, all of sports 
uh, I'm sure you know that the NBA has had six women referees so far in the last 30 years. The NFL has had two. A lot of major sports worldwide, including cricket and rugby, Australian uh, Australian rules football, they all make an effort to go out and recruit and look for and train and promote women because they know that we make good sports officials. We bring something uh, unique and very valuable to the table. And to not take advantage of that is definitely Major League Baseball's loss. Of course. They're, mov- they're moving slowly, as is their habit, very, very slowly, lagging far behind other sports, but eventually it will catch up. So, yeah, we, we're working on that. Been working on it for a long time. I just hope, and, I hope it happens before I'm dead. <laughs> and and, and we, we can all look forward to something good after this crazy year, right? I mean, well, this year has been a definite change for who we are, uh, what we do. Um, the world is yeah. Our world is always changing, and people don't adapt and adjust then they fall to the wayside and those that do are able to enjoy the fruits of this wonderful world we live in. Yeah, this is true. And things are changing very fast now. And I have a feeling that they're not going to go back to the way they were. Oh, things so, never go back to the old ways. Yeah. Once you open the door, right? You open yep. the door to more use of technology. You open the door of more people being, being uh, able to demonstrate their skills and experiences and bringing value to the table and smart companies and smart people will adapt and adjust and use those to their advantage. And those that don't will, like everything else, become extinct like the dinosaurs. (laughs) Well, you're doing a lot of that. I want to thank you um, because you are leading the way and it's people like you that are going to help other people come out of this who don't have the tools because I've heard and listened to some of your uh, pie heard one that you did with Arnie and that's what you do you bring people you uplift people you don't bring them down and it's so easy to do that now to be short-tempered and uh, short-sighted and you're just great about being the opposite. Which is well, what thank you very much. I've right had now. people that have empowered and uplifted me. So it is my my journey, my my opportunity to be of value to others. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much. And I'm very impressed. You you have a, a football career behind you. I played a little bit. Paid for college and went to University of Oregon and played some, some with the Jets and up in Canada and all that kind of good stuff. So. But more importantly, I went to, to school on an athletic um, scholarship and had the opportunity to, to see the world on somebody else's dime, and that opened the world of opportunity for me. So it's all about getting the opportunities to see that the world is a great dynamic place and that, uh, you know, even with all these trials and tribulations, there's still a world of opportunities out there for those willing to put in the work, get a determination and effort to make it happen. That's so true that you you were given the gift of, of those scholars. Well, you earned them, obviously, and that you took advantage of them to use them the way that they are intended to be used. I um, definitely went to class. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, then maybe you can go on Jeopardy, too. Reggie. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not as smart or sharp as you. I'm just a little worker bee trying to add a little value wherever I can. 
Um, you know, I taught you know, it, for 17 years. I, I'm going to give you a hint. It's not how smart you are on Jeopardy. It's how ad- adaptable you are to the technology that you have to use, those buzzers, those damn buzzers, which are, uh, they killed me the second time I went on, which is why I'm only a one-time champion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's also composure under pressure, because once you get under those lights with the cameras going and, and the real Alex Trebek in front of you, it is very intimidating. And your mind tends to freeze up. So the people that do well are the ones that traditionally have a, a good background in education, teachers, librarians, you know, people that study and retain information. But all those other elements are equally important once the show starts. So it's not just how smart you are. It's how cool you are under pressure. And, and you said the key word, cool under pressure. That's that's what life yeah. is about, right? Adapting, yes. adjusting, and and modify whatever it is you need to be able to succeed in that moment, in that time, in that place. That's absolutely what's called for at this moment, definitely. To to not just sit around feeling sorry for ourselves and wondering what's going to happen next, but to figure out our own path and start working on making it happening right now so that we're not left behind by the time all of this starts to fizzle out. And we emerge on the other side and start shaking our heads and saying, okay, now what? Uh, We can start planning for all of that right now. And that's what I admire about you is that you are helping people do that. And I know you're helping my friend Jennifer Madison that I'm lucky enough to be staying right now. Who's Oh, how's Jenny doing? I know she's a a world and a whirlwind in an element of herself, right? She is amazing, and she has not stopped for one second since all of this started. She works the phones. She works the social media. She's on a mission to help people, to help the ball players, to help the ones that don't have the support systems that they need right now to, to even survive. And unfortunately, there are a lot of them. I think her organization, the APBPA, the Association of Professional Ball Players, supports close to 40 families now who really would not have any other means of paying rent or putting food on the table uh, if not for the assistance that they get from this group. And a lot of them are ballplayers that wouldn't um, fall under the parameters necessary to get assistance from other organizations like BAT, like the the, um, baseball assistance team, which is primarily for major league players. But her organization addresses the needs of minor league players and minor league ballpark personnel, including umpires, I'm very happy to say. And it's just so inspiring to to see her and see how dedicated she is to making things happen and making sure that people are taken care of and that and that most importantly that they they don't feel that they're forgotten or ignored and that's so important for them just to feel that somebody cares and often it really feels like nobody cares so she's that lifeline for a lot of people and it's just so wonderful watching her do what she does and I'm just very inspired by being around her and seeing how the organization works 
and um, learning a lot from her. So I'm very fortunate. Also that she has a big property here right up against a national monument in Arizona that's just gloriously beautiful. It has a lot of room to hike and walk around. So we're not cooped up in the house next to each other all the time. And I imagine that's an issue for a lot of people now is we're getting a little cabin fever and feeling uh, closed in and, you know, anxious. And we're all stir crazy about this moment. Stir crazy. Yes. Stir crazy is right. (laughs) So and me a little homesick, frankly, because as much as I love it here and as beautiful as it is, my home is actually in New York and Florida now because I am a snowbird um, and <laughs> New, New, New York is one place I don't want to be right now <laughs> I know but that's I, right I do miss my home in Florida and my friends there um, but fortunately almost everyone I know has somehow escaped contracting the virus and seems to be healthy at least so far so I'm very thankful for that and our hearts and prayers <laughs> are out to those that have been affected and touched by this pandemic <laughs> and, um, Look forward to a day when we can get through this process and move forward in a positive way. We do look forward to that, don't we? And what I try to keep focused on is every time I hear, okay, my aunt has it, my sister-in-law has it, somebody I know has it, a work colleague has it, is for people to keep in mind that because of the um, the testing capabilities that we have not achieved in this country yet, there are more than likely in all probability, many, many more cases of people that actually have the virus or have had it who have recovered. You don't have to die from this. And that, of course, is the big fear as we see the numbers rising of deaths from the virus. It's you know almost up to 10,000 in this country. And that's shocking. I mean, more people have died from COVID-19 in New York City than were killed on 9-11. And it's just mind-boggling to think of it when you, when you see it from that perspective. So I try to keep the positive outlook that it's not something that you have to die from, even if you do have it. There are things you can do to take care of your health to make sure that you emerge from this healthy once again. So... Anybody that's listening, I hope they they understand that, that it is scary, but it's not a death sentence. And there are lots of things we can do to take care of ourselves and take care of each other so that we don't wind up, you know, really suffering the worst adverse effect from it. So both physically and psychologically, we just have to keep moving forward and be positive and do those things that uh, we know can be positive in terms of our health. Right, and as you said earlier, to to (laughs) do those steps that are going to move us forward. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, people just use a little common sense. Frankly, I think it would be a lot easier for um, for us to get through this a lot faster. So let's hope that happens. Well, thank you so very much for spending your morning with me. I appreciate you, Miss Perry Barber, phenomenal person. Thanks for the opportunity to have a conversation. We look forward to talking again. And thank you so much for being on Reginald Grant's podcast. Have an exceptional day, Perry. Thank you, Reggie. I can hardly believe our time together is already over. I've been very privileged to speak with you. (laughs) Today is cash, the best day of my life. Yesterday is a canceled check. I may 
I can never recover. Tomorrow's a promissory note. I may never collect, but today is cash. The best day of my life. Thanks, Barry. Have an exceptional day. You too, Reggie. Thank you. Bye-bye.